Let's look at Hebrews 13, verse 20. You know, we were in a series on healing. We're not, we're not done with that, but just had something on my heart tonight to speak. So we're going to uh, go in that direction. Hebrews 13, verse 20. It says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 21, it says before, May the Lord Jesus make you complete, or may the God who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ. In the CEB version, it says, May God equip you with every good thing to do His will by developing in us what pleases Him through Jesus Christ. May He equip you with every good thing, what? To do His will. Not just equipping you for the sake of equipping you, but what? Equipping you to do His will. So if God's going to tell you to do something, He'll equip you to do it. If you need something from Him to get the job done, He's going to equip you to do it. It says, by developing in us what pleases Him through Jesus Christ. Notice, it's through Jesus He's going to develop in you what pleases Him. Look at it in the NLT. It says, May He equip you with all you need for doing His will. May He produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to Him. So notice, He's going to equip you with all you need to do His will. He's not going to just give you stuff just so you can go off and do what you want to do. But what He wants you to do, His will, His kingdom business on the earth, He said, it says He will equip you. Now, this is a prayer. It's saying, may He. Well, then that's His will. This is inspired by the Spirit of God. And He's praying, the writer of Hebrews is praying that this for uh, those He's writing to, that He may equip you with all you need to do His will. Now, next part, may He produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ, so he's producing something in you, not through your own work, not through your power. He's producing something in you. Now, we have a part to play. We got we to work with him. We got to do something. You know, there's people all over the world, all over the planet, don't want anything to do with God. Well, God wills to do this with them, but if they won't even turn to him, if they won't believe on Jesus Christ... They don't have access to God. they got to they take a step and believe on Him. Well, as Christians, we may be born again, but we gotta, we got to work with Him in what He's doing. In other words, what is His will? You know, for your life. You know, we, we know the, the, the general will of God. We have it. We're reading some of it right now. But then He's got a specific will for you. Well... As you seek Him, as you look to Him, as you become familiar with His written will and become familiar with the author of the the written word, the Holy Spirit, He's going to direct you specifically for His will for your life, which isn't written in the Bible specifically. It doesn't say Jim Preston 
will live in Andover, Massachusetts, and pastor church. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that I would Melly, or Melly, I would marry Shelley, used to be Stuart, now Preston, you know. It doesn't say that anywhere. No, I, I, you, have to, you have to determine by, by getting to know God and following his will, then you take step by step, and he's going to lead you into his will for your life. Well, he's going to equip you to do that, not going to equip you for somebody else's plan, okay? God is not going to equip you to do what you see somebody else doing. That's worth you coming out right there. If you, if you just heard that and actually understood it and got it, that would save you a whole lot of heartache. You can't walk in somebody else's shoes. Somebody said it like this, you can't walk in what God told somebody else to do. You can't you can't listen the way somebody else listens. You can't hear the way somebody else hears. God may be telling somebody else to do something. That doesn't mean you go, oh, well, I'll do that too. God, you, God has to tell you. Well, how does he tell you? Through his spirit, through his word, number one. He's going to prompt you. You're going to get to know the spirit of God. But then he's going to, number one way he's going to lead his children is by the inward witness. Bearing witness, Romans says, with our spirits on the inside. The way that your child, you're a child of God that same way, that's how he's going to lead you. Yep, get, go over here. Yep, do that. Not in an audible voice, not talking about that. Could speak to you in an audible voice. Not, not common, but could. But just on the inward witness, he's going to be leading you and guiding you. So he's going to equip you for that will. And then he's going to, it says here, if you could put that up again, that he would produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. In other words, well, we know faith pleases him, right? Word says that, that without faith it's impossible to please him. In Hebrews 11. Well, we know that, so, so he's going to be working in you and growing in you everything that's pleasing him. Now, he doesn't do it just independent of you. Like you said, you give him your will. You work with him. You yield to him. You give him access, and he'll do it. He'll bring you up. Amen? Amen. You don't got to do it yourself. This isn't a self-help program. Thank God. It's not, just, it's not self-help. It's God help. You look to him, and he'll do it. But you got to look to him. You got to work with him. Not talking about works. Not talking about oh, I have to. Do. No, no. But you got to look to him. You can't go and just be another, you know, just run away from him. You can't be Jonah. Oh, you want me to do that? I'm going the other way. You know, God will work with you anyway. He'll work with you to the degree he can, because he's there. Wherever you go, he's going to be there. <laughs> Don't try to run away from his will. Just if you know what he wants you to do, just do it. To the degree you know to do it, just do it, and he'll give you more, and he'll equip you more, and your will, his will for your life will become clearer, and he'll, he'll, he'll produce in you everything that's pleasing to him, and he's going to equip you. You don't need to be equipped today for what you're going to do 20 years from now. You need to be equipped today for what he's given you today, and you are in the process of being equipped for the next thing, so when you get there, you're going to have what you need. You don't, you don't need to worry about... You know, well, I just don't know how I would do something, you know, way out there. Well, if, if, if it's out there, just take the next step that he has for you. And you'll be equipped. It may not look like it. You may have, you're going to have to walk by faith no matter what. If you're waiting for the day that you just can do everything in your own strength, you just think you can see how you're going to do everything, then you're not walking by faith. God's always going to just bring you out further. It's always going to, he's always going to require faith to walk with him. 
So don't be surprised when he's asking you to do the next thing, and you're like, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, that's okay. That means you've got to rely on him. And then he said that he's going to bring you up to do it. Now look at this in the Amplified Classic. This is, this is a great, um, great verse in the Amplified Classic. That God may strengthen, complete, and perfect, and make you what you ought to be. What you ought to be. You know God sees you how you ought to be? Thank God. He sees you, he sees me how we ought to be. He, God's a faith God. He sees you, he, and he calls those things that be not as though they were. He, he already tell, says, yep, this is how I see you, because he sees then from the beginning. He already sees where you're going to be. He already sees where you're going to be in 15, 20, 25, 30 years. You understand, parents, he already knows where your kids are going to do when they get older. What you need to do, don't tell them. You go figure out. You can be anything you want to be. You tell them you can do anything God wants you to do. Teach them from the beginning. They, they, they go to God, get direction, and then, yes, they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. They can do whatever God tells them to do. Don't say you can do anything you want to do. That sounds good, but what that implies is that you can just go do it and that you can do it. That's not, no, we, we can do, we need to have a can-do attitude, can-do through him, not can-do through me. Through me, I can do nothing and of myself, but through him, I can do all things. That's what we need to do. We're, we're reliant on him. But God sees us the way we ought to be. He sees us the way we're going to be. If we'll keep on track with him, we're going to grow. He's going to equip us. We're going to be further. And you look back and say, wow, he has brought me up. And all glory will go to him because you know you. <laughs> and you know where you were. And you know if it was up to you, you were going nowhere. You weren't going up. But because of him, you get somewhere. Look, so it says... That he would strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Let's read it one more time. So he, you could pray this for yourself. You say, you know, just put you in there. Say, Lord, strengthen, complete, perfect, and make me what I ought to be. And equip me with everything good that I may carry out your will. We pray this for you guys, actually. We pray this for the people, you know, the people that we pray with, for our Rama family, for our family, for you guys. We're praying this over you. This is one of the many scriptures we'll play. Because this is, you know if you can find a prayer in the Bible, it's already God-breathed, God-inspired. Uh, the brighter Hebrews was praying this for his audience. You can pray it for each other. You can pray it for yourself. And you know it's anointed. You know it's the word of God. But you can put yourself in. You can pray this for your family. You can pray this for whomever. It says, strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will so that you may be equipped to do what he's called you to do so that you would be everything you ought to be, what he saw before you were born, that you're able to walk in it, that you're equipped for it. And that he will, it says that he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight. So he's doing it. So he's working in you. 
Isn't it good to know that the Lord, if we're, if we're looking to him, he's working in us. So it's not just you working. You have the creator of the universe working in you, what? To do his will. So you know it's all about him. It's all about his work. This isn't about you and it isn't about me. It isn't about us doing our thing. It isn't about us being glorified. It's about him being glorified and us doing our part in his kingdom. That's why we're here on the earth still. Otherwise, we'd be in heaven and this thing would be all wrapped up. But we're not there yet because there's still precious fruit of the earth that needs to come in. Well, everybody has a part to play in that. So what is your part? Well, we need to know. And then we need to know that God's going to help us to do what he asks us to do. Let's look at 1 Peter 5, verse 8. First Peter 5, verse 8. Apostle Peter, he said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Verse 10, but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Now, as an aside, there is suffering in the Bible. The suffering that you always see that is true biblical suffering is doing the will of God. It's not suffering anything that Jesus has already bought and paid for and taken the price for. Okay? That is not what it's talking about. But there, don't, so there's two ditches. Like, you know, God is, the, God is causing you to suffer and he's the, all in control and he does bad stuff. That's not true. That's a ditch. On the other end, is like there is no suffering at all on this earth and it's just, you know, Jesus has done everything so there's no suffering. That contradicts so many scriptures because one's right here. You, if you are going to do the will of God, there will be suffering just putting your flesh down. You doing his will and not your will. And you don't think that's suffering, you haven't done it. Wow, it got quiet. Bad place to get quiet. <laughs> if, if Jesus himself, he was in the, the garden saying, Lord, not... Not God Almighty, he's God, but he's, he's submitted to God the Father. He said, look, not my will, but your will be done. And he, he is being pressed under the pressure of going to the cross. He knows what's ahead. But see, he bought and paid for you to be healthy in your body. He bought and paid for you to have everything you need. He didn't redeem you from putting your flesh down. He didn't redeem you when crazy people are trying to come against you. Now, you can take authority over them, but there's going to be a, press, a pushback. We don't have to put up with the devil. doesn't have authority over the Christian. You're not fighting the devil. Don't, don't fight the devil. He's been defeated. Just walk in what God has provided. So that's not what this is talking about. That's an aside. It's not talking about you just suffering something like God put something on you, you got to suffer it, and now you're, you're good. No, you're going to suffer in the flesh. Just You're going to have to decide you want to do what God wants to do more than what you want to do. That's just one aspect. You're not redeemed from persecution. People may not like you. Well, everybody wants to be liked. We want to be like, 
But if you're going to serve God, people may not like you. Well, you're not redeemed from that. That could be suffering. Anyway, that's not the point. But here it's saying, after you have suffered a while, perfect... Okay, let's read the whole verse. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. After you have... You know, you, you are going on the will of God. It may not be easy to do. You may have to go somewhere you don't want to go. You may have to work through some stuff. But God, it says, He will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Look at it in the NLT. It's saying a lot the same thing we read in Hebrews. In His kindness, God called you to share His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you, and He will place you on a firm foundation. What is that firm foundation? Knowing God and walking with Him and being secure, and you can trust Him. You can trust Him. You're not looking anywhere else. You know you can trust the Lord God, and you're on that foundation. Look at it in the Amplified Classic. It says, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be. Did you hear that before? Complete and make you what you ought to be. Establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. I'm going to read that again. It says, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be. Establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. That means he's going to bring you up. That means he's going to produce in you what needs to be produced. When as we work with him, with him he's going to produce in us what we need. He means he's going to equip us. It means he's going to help us. It means he's going to work with us to do what he's called us to do. Not in your own strength. Not in your own power. But in his strength and his power. Let's look at uh, Luke 22. I'm going to talk about Peter for a moment. See, Peter's the one that wrote this last verse. 1 Peter 5. I think Peter knows a little bit about what he's talking about here. He's the one that said, God in His kindness, He's going to settle you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to equip you. He's going to establish and ground you securely, strengthen and settle you. See, Peter wasn't always that way. Look at Luke 22, verse 31. Now, this is the night that Jesus is going to be betrayed. Luke 22, verse 31. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, to refer to Peter, Simon, Peter, Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren." Verse 33, but he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Verse 34, then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. 
So Jesus is telling Peter, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And Peter just responded and said, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to die for you. I believe he believed that. I think he's sincere. He said, I'm ready to go to prison and to death. But Jesus came back and said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me, deny three times that you know me. So Jesus is telling him, you're going to fail. Now, Peter could have asked, he said, Lord, is there any way I can avoid it? Is there any way I can get it? What? what, what? No, I, I believe I'm going to, I would die for you. But Jesus is telling him, look, Satan's asked for you. I mean, Peter could have walked a different way, but this is just where he was, and we're not throwing any stones at him. This is just where he was early, early on. Now, he was not born again. Jesus had not gone to the cross, and he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to see that. But this is Peter, after walking with Jesus three years, still did, did miraculous things. They saw miracles. Still. He's still walking. When this test came, he was not, he was not there. What are we talking about? We're talking about God bringing us up. We're talking about God completing. We're talking about God equipping us. And he will. The apostle Peter was not where he was going to be at this point. But God saw him and he said, I know what you ought to be. Jesus looking at him, Jesus knew who he was talking to. Jesus selected him when he's just a fisherman. Right? When he hadn't been with him at all. Well, right now, he knows what Peter's going to do. He said... He, he said, he was talking to Peter, you know, to ask him, who do you think I am? He said, I, you're the Christ. He said, Jesus of flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He knew who he was talking to. And Peter wasn't there yet. Look at Luke 22, verse 54. So, so they come to get Jesus. Peter, in fact, he pulled out a sword and tried to attack the guys. He cut off. One of the servant's ears. Jesus healed that guy's ear. But as everything came down, the Bible said that none of the, the, all the disciples fled. And we're not going to take time to read that part. All the disciples fled. So they're all gone. So they came to get Jesus. Peter had just said, I'll stand with you even if I have to die. And I think he meant it. He, he took out his sword and he's like, here we go. And Jesus told him, put your sword away. Maybe that did something. Wait a minute. I thought, I thought we were, I we were ready to fight. He didn't understand. So it said all the, the the disciples fled. Then verse twenty two, verse fifty four, it says having arrested him. So they've arrested Jesus. They led him away and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courthouse courtyard, and sat down together. Peter sat among them, and a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. Verse 57, But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. Talking about Jesus. A girl. said, I, I think I recognize you. He said, I don't know him. Verse 58, After a little while, another saw him and said, You are one of them. Peter said, Man, I am not. He's saying that with emotion. He's saying that with, he's exclaiming it. 
Verse 59, and after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow was also with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you were saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Can you imagine? You just got done telling Jesus, I'll I'll die with you. And it all comes down. You just know that people are putting pressure on you. You're denying Jesus. And then just as what Jesus said would happen, would happen, roosters crow and Jesus looks across at him. And it said he went out and wept bitterly. John 21, verse 15. So, Jesus went to the cross. Jesus rose from the dead. And after that, he is, comes and he's talking with his disciples. And verse 15, 20, John 21, verse 15. It says, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He's restoring Peter. He's coming to Peter. He knows Peter. He knows what happened. He he knew it was going to happen. He told Peter it was going to happen. It happened. Peter feels horrible. He feels destroyed. And Jesus comes to him. Jesus knows where he's going. Jesus knows what he ought to be. Jesus is talking to Peter and bringing him back up. Verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying what by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. So Jesus talks to him and then he says, let's go. He didn't give up on Peter. He didn't condemn Peter. He didn't shame Peter. He just brought him up. And so we're not going to take time to read, but then, you know, Jesus says, wait. Wait in Jerusalem until you've had power. You've been dued with power on high. Outpouring of the the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to be witnesses. And so they did. They waited. So at this point then, Peter's born again here. Because Jesus has been, he's gone to the Father, he's resurrected. So he's born again now. Well then he waits and he becomes filled with the Spirit. And we're not going to take time to read those things. But then he goes out with all boldness. He goes out and he's preaching in the streets, completely unashamedly. He's preaching to people. Thousands get healed. Get, um, Saved, they see him, you know, the man, 
that was at the gate healed. They get called in by the Pharisees, all these same guys that, that he was scared of, all these same people. He's just speaking back to him. He's like, should we obey you or are we going to obey God? And he is speaking boldly and he is walking things out. Then in the early church, he's a leader and he grows and he continues to be a leader. Until then, we're reading First Peter when he has had experience and he has been established and he has been equipped and he has been strengthened by the Lord. See, he started out just following God, but he yielded to him. He wasn't perfect in it, but he yielded to God, went after him, and God used him. And God helped him and equipped him. Let's look at 1 Peter 5.10 then. After we've read just these things about Peter, let's go back and read the verse that we finished with before. It said, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts blessing and favor... Who has called you, am I reading the right one? Okay, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely, and strengthen and settle you. That's what he was saying would happen. Well, do you think he has any experience with that? Let's read that part again. Will himself, Christ Jesus, will himself complete you, the God of all grace, will himself complete you and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely, and strengthen and settle you. He'll do those things as you follow him, as you follow the will of God, then God is going to do these things. He's going to bring you up. Colossians 1.9, let's look at Colossians 1.9. It says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, this is another prayer that you can pray. We pray this prayer for you guys. You can pray for yourself. You can pray for other people's people. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Go back to verse 9. It says, To ask that, we, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, the knowledge of His plan, the knowledge of what He wants you to do, to know what God would have you to do in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Well, as that's growing, right? That's, that's coming to, to be enlightened. That's, that's coming to have an understanding of what the Lord would have you to do. And then verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Well, then you're equipped. You're, you're being perfected. You're, if you're walking worthy of the Lord, that means you're walking worthy of the will that he has for you. You're walking in your place. You're walking strong. You're growing in him. You are able to do what he asked you to do. 
You see how this goes with the other scriptures we've read? That's the, this is asking. This is the Apostle Paul saying, we're, I'm praying for you that this would happen and you know his will and that you be equipped to do it. That you would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Don't you want to fully please him? I know that is my heart's desire is to just stand before Jesus and to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. You did what I asked you to do. Anybody with me on that? There is nothing more important than that. There is nothing. Doesn't matter how much you have in your bank account. Doesn't matter, you know, what what men would say is your influence. I know the number one thing is I want to stand before my Lord, my master, and and, and to have him say, you did it. You did it. Good job. You did what I asked you to do. Oh, there's nothing higher than that. That's what we're talking about. That, if if we'll look to him, if we'll go after him, he will help us to get there. Because what he's asked you to do, you're able to do. I said what he asked you to do, you are able to do in him. He will equip you with what you need to do what he asked you to do. He is not unjust. He's not going to give you something to do that it's impossible for you to do. Now, you're going to have to walk in faith. You're going to have to seek Him, and you're going to have to know what that will is. That means you're going to have to walk after Him. He's faithful to lead you and guide you. But to to know what He's called you to do, you you just need to go out, to press in, to go after Him. And as you do that, you're going to know. And you have people praying for you. If you don't have anybody else praying for you, know that we're praying for you. Anybody that, that's a part, you know, whether you're online or here, we're praying for you these type of things that you would know what God wants you to do. Pray these exact words. That you would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, that you would be fruitful. In other words, what he's called you to do, that you would, you would bear fruit in it, that you would, you would prosper in it for his glory, that it would, would, it would increase, and that you would increase in the knowledge of God, that you would just get to know him better. And maybe what tripped you up years ago, oh, it doesn't trip you up anymore. You see it coming. You see the punch coming, and you're like, no, no. It goes right by you, and you got a counterpunch. You know, you're just like, no, that worked before, doesn't work now. I've come up, and it's not me. My Lord's training me. He's bringing me up. He's equipping me. And you know what? That ought to be your confession, even if you're just picking yourself off the floor because you did just get clocked. That's the perfect time that you need to say, I will walk in what God has for me, and I can do it in His strength. And in his power and in his ability, I'm going on. I'm going up. I'm increasing. And don't ever say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the will of God is. I just can't figure it out. Don't ever say that. Say, God is showing me. Pray this over yourself and then believe it and walk in faith. And when you think about it, you say, oh, no, God's showing me. I'm going to get it. I don't care if he has to bring 100 people across me. 
across my path. If I'm not getting me, getting it, he'll bring somebody else across my path. If I still don't get it, he'll bring something else. And he has to, you know, somebody sends me a letter, show up at my door. He, I'm going to get it. I'm going to know. Don't say, I just can't do what he's called me. I just, he's asked me, but I can't do it. That's calling him unjust. That's, that's saying he didn't know. He just, he made a mistake. You know, he didn't know that he picked a dud. And I just can't do it. That's saying he's unjust. He's, you know, he may have helped other people, but he's not helping me. That's not true. That's not faith. That's not believing him. No, he will bring us up. It says, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might. Oh, say that out loud. loud. Say, I'm strengthened with all might. Say, I'm strong. I'm being strengthened for what he's called me to do. And I can do it. It says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Well, then that's unlimited. Your, your strength could run out. We were talking about last week. But his strength does not. So you're strengthened according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. That means you can run the race. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Amen? Amen. God is good. God is good. And you can't do what he called you to do in and of your own strength. You can't do it. You can't do it. I said, you can't do it. Jesus said, I, you can do nothing apart from me. Without me, you can do nothing. Well, we need to connect with that and say, Lord, I need you to do, even if I think I can do it in my own strength, I'm wrong. Because I'm probably misunderstanding what you actually want me to do. Well, as soon as we go, oh, I got this. I got this. You need to say, Lord, in you, I can do it. I'm going to be relying on you. Just to go through the day. Lord, what would you have me to do? Don't coast. Don't be on autopilot. Don't assume. Don't assume you know. You know, don't go in the other ditch either and, and just, you know... Uh, just overanalyze every little decision. But don't assume. Go after him and say, Lord, we going in the right direction? Lord, what, I, I'm relying on you to help me. And if you don't help me, I'm not going to get it done. But I can do it in your strength, and I'm going to come up, and just you just stay there. I, and if you have the thought, I can't do it, you say, well, I maybe I can't do it, but with him I can. And so we're going to. And I'm going to be equipped, and I am going to finish my course. I am going to run my race, and I am going to be everything I ought to be. The way he sees me, that's how I'm going to see myself. The way he sees me is how I'm going to walk. And we're going to get there with him. And then I'm going to give all glory to him because I know he's the one that brought me up. Praise God.